Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, July 28th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. My voice is getting a little better. You can hear I'm not as raspy as I was yesterday, getting over my cold, which is oh, great. Oh, is that what's happening? I just thought you yeah. were still tired from waking no. up at 9 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah, well, it was part of that too, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, had a little cold, no, no COVID. I've been testing regularly, especially with all my traveling. Um, but there, my family's passing around a little bit of a cold. Uh, yeah, so happens. so that happens. Um, but feeling great, especially because as of now, knock on wood, um, I'm seeing Legally Blonde tonight. <laughs> Maybe question mark shrug emoji. <laughs> yeah, I think so. The, uh, the Muni has you. said. Yeah, the, the the Muni has said that they are having the show tonight on Wednesday, July 27th. Um, so unless something uh, unforeseen happens, I will be amongst the 11,000 assembled huddled masses watching the Delta News <laughs> do what Delta News do. Yeah. Um, and I'm very excited about it. We'll talk about that more at the end of the show. Um, but also very exciting. Tonight, just a few hours after we finish recording here, our own Grace Aki is going to be opening the She NYC Festival with Tafria Mockingbird. If by, by the time Yay. you hear this, the first performance will be almost over, if not completely over, even if you're listening on Patreon. Um, and th- but she does have the other performance on Friday, which actually, assuming all goes well with that, you and I will both be there on yeah, Friday. Fingers crossed. Um, at eight thirty, we will have a link in the show notes. You can get your tickets to see the second and final performance of Tafria Mockingbird on Friday. Uh, at the Connolly Theater. So we will uh, hopefully see you all there. So let's talk about the news. It was one of those days where all of a sudden, like, things just started happening late in the day, and I threw out the entire script for the day. Um, But the first thing that happened happened very early, and it's actually the thing that I talked about on the show yesterday that we knew was going to happen. And that was the limited engagement revival of Into the Woods has extended how limited that engagement will be. Yeah, they have decided to add eight more weeks to its run at the St. James Theater. Tickets are now on on sale through October 16th. This was obviously done in conjunction with the move of the August Wilson revival of the piano lesson from the St. James over to the Barrymore. What is interesting about that is, is that those houses are owned by different theater companies. Jujanson yeah. owns St. James. Barrymore is a Schubert organization. Mm-hmm. In an article over at Broadway News, Jordan Roth the Grand Poobah over at Jujamson talked about the fact that they were very happy to be able to make everybody happy in that situation. Um, apparently, that is where Latanya Richardson-Jackson uh, initially wanted the piano lesson to be at. It was at the Barrymore, which she told yeah. uh, Deadline in an article. Um, so, everybody's happy. Everybody is content. Everybody is in the places they need to be. But what I thought was most interesting, actually, from this article uh, over at Broadway News was that uh, Jordan would not confirm or deny who would be in the cast for this extra eight weeks, mm. nor nor would he make a comment on whether or not this would be the final extension for this show. I'm not surprised uh, by that at all. I think yeah. it, I think it makes it a lot easier for them to sell tickets when it's a limited engagement, even if it is being extended. It's still a limited engagement. Mm-hmm. So you know, if they can kind of keep that close to their chest, they're going to. Yeah, and especially because it's going through, you know, mid-October, October 16th. And then if they can announce another one at the beginning of October and start selling holiday tickets, that makes a ton of sense. Um, I had this in the episode yesterday and I ended up cutting it out just for time. But 
this really is a show that I think there will always be theater people or people who are well-known actors that haven't done theater but yeah. always wanted to do theater who will want to come and do this show. Totally. Uh, uh, so if Philippa Sue has to go and do a TV show or Sarah Bareilles has to go or film Suffs. season three of Girl 5 or Suffs um, or Brian Darcy James has to go and do one of the 5,000 films that he's in. Yeah, he's busy. Um, you know, as these people kind of come in and out, I could see them – you know, popping somebody in there for a limited run. I would love to see Matt Doyle come over after company closes and fill in as the prince. Um, man, I'd love to see yeah. him and Beth Bears, who hasn't been on Broadway yet. Best friends, high school, uh, prom dates, uh, when she's on hiatus from the neighborhood on CBS, have her come over and be, um, Cinderella or somebody or Rapunzel, whatever. Like, I think you, this is a show where you could yeah. pop people in, um, assuming they have the cred to do it. Totally. I mean, it could go for a really long time. Everyone wants to do a Sondheim show and everyone wants to do a show like this because as I've already said, it's really just a bunch of theater nerds having a yeah. good time on stage. So it really is kind of like theater camp. It's, you know, a bunch of professional actors coming together and getting to do something fun, even if it is as strenuous as a Sondheim show. I think it's also a great opportunity if they want to extend it to the holidays, if they want to extend it. Um, they have to. Well, you would think that they would have to, but you know, they could bring in people that have been in other productions for instance you could have like yeah. chip zion playing the mysterious oh, man and which things he's like which that. he's done before which he's done before i oh, mean can you have I mean joanna coming in as like i would pass out uh, just oh my god i'd have to <laughs> come up again i mean i don't care who oh, she plays no. like if she plays yeah, you know uh, jack's mom or 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 even just anybody, the giant. anybody. yeah exactly but then we could also see you know neil patrick harris come back at some point yeah. Um, or 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 Heather Headley. If Heather Headley and Joanna oh. Gleason do the show together, can you imagine? I would move in. I already wish I, I could, but die. I would for oh sure just like put my apartment up on Airbnb and move on yeah, in. That's good. All right. Well, <laughs> we will see what happens with that. I feel like there's going to be another extension through the holidays, you would think but we will so. let you know. We will let you know when and if that happens. Opportunity but- is not a lengthy visitor, but it is at least for eight more weeks. Well done. Well Thank done. You. It's like you're a Thank professional writer or something. Right? Weird. Uh, um, all right. So let's move on to a few other recently announced shows. That One that we know who is coming to Broadway and one that I feel pretty good is going to come to Broadway. Mm. The first one, this was announced just a little bit before we started recording. And it is a world premiere production of a stage adaptation of the 1952 Academy Award winning Western film, High Yeah. Moon. This is weird. Weird. Um, yeah. Very weird. But so it is being written by Academy Award winner Eric Roth, who has yep. been nominated six times for Oscars for Best Adapted Screenplay, including The Insider, Munich, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, A Star is Born, Dune, and the show and the film for which he won, Forrest Gump. Yeah. So this is his Broadway debut with High Noon. And in something that tells me this is not going to just be a standard, hey, we're taking a movie and putting it on a stage kind of thing. Michael Arden is directing. Michael Arden, not known for keeping things safe. So this is apparently going to be the first Western play to premiere on Broadway in over 85 years. So I don't exactly have any idea what to expect from this. But the the original film, like, here's the names of the people who are in this cast. And this is just some of them. Gary Cooper, Lloyd Bridges, Grace Kelly, Lon Chaney. Like, this is... Yeah. A hugely important film in American uh, film history. And I feel like by getting Michael Arden to direct it, um, this is not going to be a safe screen to stage adaptation, especially of something that is like traditionally 
done so visually. Like Westerns, half of the thrill of Westerns is like seeing the vistas, seeing the, the, you know, the visuals totally. of, of, of all that stuff. If anybody can figure out how to do that, it would be Michael Arden. Yeah. And I think it's a really weird and interesting choice. It's a great film. Um, like you said, this is the first Western play in 80 some years. There's definitely been some mm-hmm. musicals or Western adjacent yeah. musicals. And of course, there were so, so, so many for film. Um, uh, but we just don't, you know, they never either made it to stage or we never saw them on stage. I think Michael Arden is extremely good at what he does. So it's definitely mm-hmm. going to be interesting there. I think Eric Roth is an interesting choice, um, based yeah. on his previous work, but it's also very much in his wheelhouse at the moment because he just wrote Killers of the Flower Moon with Scorsese, which yeah. is a Western, which is coming out, I which, think, which later is this be year. An Academy Award favorite this year oh, as well. T- absolutely. So yeah, I, I think there's going to be, you know, I think it's a good fit for both of them i think there will be some opportunities um to kind of play with that set scenic design and try and build that world because like you said i think that's a really big part of it is getting to see like the expansiveness in westerns um that i don't know how it's going to translate on the stage here but you know Me it's either. gonna it's gonna depend on the stage it's gonna depend on the create the rest of the creative team behind it yeah I, i'm very excited the plan for that show is for it to come uh to broadway in 2023 they did not say whether that's spring 2023 as in this season or over the summer or in the fall but mm. i would imagine announcing it now that probably means they want to get in before the Tony eligibility yeah. deadline um this is not one of those things where it's a show that's announced, like, speaking of Western plays, um, Quentin Tarantino talked about turning his most recent Western film, um, uh, The Hateful Eight, into yeah. a stage play. He talked about, like, literally, he said, like, yeah, oh, it's going to be on Broadway in the next year. Never happened. Um, yeah. This is something that was put out by Expanded a it into a Broadway. TV series instead, which is yeah. just the movie expanded. <laughs> yeah. Th- this is – this was sent out by a Broadway Press agency, this has a director attached. This is probably something that has more details than have been publicly made aware now. So I would imagine, I'm going to guess that this is coming to a Broadway house in spring of 2023. I also think something that's really interesting here and is such a big part of Western films is the music. So I do Mm. think that this is something that could very much go up for like – you know, if they're going to incorporate yeah, music score. in it, best score as far as a play goes. You know, I assume they'll work in like the titular High Noon Ballad of oh, High yeah, Noon, yeah. whatever it's called, which won the Oscar for best song for Ned Washington. Um, so yeah, I, I think that is something that could be really interesting and kind of unprecedented in the way that they play at music as far as a play goes here. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on to another show that I have a feeling will probably make it to Broadway just based off of the source material and and idea behind the show and the creative team. But it was reported in Deadline yesterday that Oscar and Tony winning director Sam Mendes is teaming up with Jack Thorne, uh, playwright and, and screenwriter, to turn um, – Two nonfiction books, one by Richard Stern called John Gielgud directs Richard Burton and Hamlet. I almost said Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton. Perfect. Um, yeah, do it. And, and William Redfield's Letters from an Actor uh, into a stage play currently titled The Motive and the Cue. As you could probably tell mm-hmm. from at least that first nonfiction book, this play will examine the process of iconic actor Richard Burton and iconic actor John Gielgud, who at that point in his career was doing a lot of directing um yeah 
bringing Hamlet to Broadway in 1964 in a very unique scaled back production uh, that played the Lontfontaine Theater, uh, like I said, in the mid 60s. And what a lot of this story is about is I'm sure there was drama, but, you know, kind of skimming through materials about it. This was a lot more about the difference between the theatrical eras that these two actors came from. Obviously, yeah. Burton, one of the greatest of, you know, mid-century and Gilgood, one of the iconic classically trained actors of... All-timers, both yeah, of them. London. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and at this point in the 60s, uh, Burton had just married uh, Elizabeth Taylor for the first time, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a yes. month before the show opened. And a lot of it was kind of going back and forth between how do they make these two very disparate approaches to theater and especially classic mm-hmm. theater work. Yeah. Um, so I'm fascinated by this. I love theater history. I Same. love the differences between the eras of theater and, yep. you know, especially this is the time where um, Stanislavski and, and Uta Hagen and the method and all of these things started becoming mm-hmm. part of what they do. Um, it also kind of plays into, oh, what is, it? what is Ethan Hawke's documentary on HBO um, about Robert oh. Redford and, the Christ. movie stars, something movie stars, but they have a whole section of that um, talking about the actor's theater. And like, I love learning about that stuff. So I feel like this play could be really, really interesting. It is reuniting yeah. the entire creative team more or less from the Lehman trilogy. It will be kicking off in spring of 2023 at the UK's national theater, just like the Lehman trilogy. I imagine this will be on Broadway sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Yeah. The documentary is the last movie stars. That's it. I knew um, it. Yeah. What I was uh, thinking about that is, you know, considering this is done by Sam Mendes, I mean, such a great director when it comes to character studies, so too. Much. So I, you know, this is, I think, going to be explosive if it's done right. Yeah. And can you, I just want to know who they have, who they're going to get to play those parts. I know. I, I, I know. feel like the, the press release kind of alluded to the fact that Elizabeth Taylor is a character in it. Cause it, the way it says it, it's like how they brought the production to Broadway with help from Elizabeth Taylor. So Maybe. like, I'm assuming she's a character in this as well. So who are you going to get to play Gilgood, Burton and Taylor? Like that has to be people with some pretty crazy uh, charisma yeah, and, and, and magnitude. So we will see. Very exciting. Looking forward. Yep. All right. In other news that was very exciting, yesterday, the at this point, three-year running off-Broadway production of Little Shop of Horrors announced some casting changes, some yes. of which I never thought would actually happen, to I be know. honest with you. Um, <laughs> but starting on September 6th, just after Labor Day, Tony Award winner Lena Hall will be stepping into the role of Audrey, replacing the original Audrey in this production, Emmy winner Tammy Blanchard, and stepping in uh, full-time in the role of uh, Orin Scrivillo, DDS, replacing two-time Tony winner Christian Borrell, who I guess that's when he's leaving to go do some like it hot. Yeah, he's will leaving be, in September. Yeah, will be stage and screen star Andrew Call. They will be joining Rob McClure. I did see Lena post on social media that she is playing the role into January. So just like awesome. into yeah. So um, uh, like if you're gonna perfect, yeah, perfect. Like, I don't know that you could find somebody better other than like no. bringing Ellen back. And if, yeah, you I was know? gonna say other than bringing Ellen Green back, who could still do it and has still done yeah. it recently. And we've seen so. it. So yeah, yeah, like other than that, like Lena Hall is about perfect. And I know a perfect. lot of people didn't like perfect. Tammy Blanchard in this role. I, I loved her. I, I thought she was too. great. Like yeah. I thought she was. It's. I think it's a very similar conversation to what we've said about Beanie and Barbara. Like you yeah. can't go in and do this if you're like. 
if you're trying to do something different and a lot of productions mm-hmm. of, of Little Shop have not tried to do something different and I get that. No. But if you're going to do something different, you have to be very different than Ellen Green. And Tammy did that. And what I think a lot of people thought, well, she can't sing it. It's really bad. There, were, She does her raspy Jersey voice for yeah. a lot of it. But then there's moments when she opens up, especially in Suddenly Seymour and yeah. Somewhere That's Green. And you're like, oh, that's the voice. Uh that's how that works. This is very interesting uh, interpretation. So that is that's the thing. I've never, yeah. I've never gotten that. Like I've never gotten that from people. Maybe that's just because like her interpretation is like the raspy voiced chain smoking people that I am and hang out with. Yeah. But I always enjoyed her, and I love listening to her on the cast recording. So yeah. it's it's that's an odd complaint to me. I think people just I think that's another one where people have their you know pinnacle version in their brain and they can't escape it but it's little shop like yeah. how let whoever play yeah i love it's, this it's, i think it's this is perfect. meant for that yeah i i i'm gonna go see it again because lena hall have is have to yeah got us yep all right, the final piece of news here, out-of-box theatricals or theatrics, which is a company that we've talked to quite a bit about. This is the a same lot, company yeah. that did the the very intimate production of Baby um, with Julia Murney a, mm-hmm. a year or so ago or two years ago at this point. And then they also did the pandemic era last five years that we all loved and raved about. They announced on Wednesday that Broadway star Christina Sejus, who has been on Broadway in SpongeBob SquarePants, Spider-Man mm-hmm. Turn Off the Dark, American Idiot um, – she will be uh, directing an off-Broadway revival, the first off-Broadway revival ever of Adam Gettle and Tina Landau's musical Floyd Collins. Uh, this is a show that does not get done a ton, but I'm like, this is one that like, oh, okay, I have to see this now because they do really interesting mm-hmm. things. It's a show that doesn't get done super often. Um, it is running from November 11th through December 18th at Theater 71 at the Church of the Blessed Sacrament. I don't know where that is, but I'll find it. Um, <laughs> I'm super excited to see what they do with this because everything I've seen from them has been interesting, yeah, uh, has been, been unique, great. and I love bringing in actors to direct. Like, I just think that's, uh, oh, you yeah. know, especially for like companies like this, it's different if it's signature or playwrights horizons and you want to have like established directors, but giving people that understand uh, an actor's mentality to approach a show that totally and, and doing something different with it. Like I'm always super there for that. Changes everything. Yeah. All right. And finally, the feel good recommendation for today is unsurprisingly the Muni released their highlights for Legally Blonde. I will say what <laughs> I'm going to reserve judgment on all of this until I see the production. Okay. Yes. Um, as we talked about before, this is a really hard show. Uh, and I don't think people give enough credit for how vocally challenging it is. So some of these highlights didn't sound great to me. So we'll see. And it's not that the voices Less are highlights. bad. Yeah. It's not that the voices Mid-lights. are bad. I just think like it's almost like the meshing of voice and score is so difficult and we, you get so ingrained to hearing, uh, Laura Bell Bundy do it on the cast album that like, if it doesn't fit perfectly and who knows, maybe it didn't sound like that, you know, on stage. Cause I didn't see her do the show sure. on stage. Maybe that is part of the, you know, cast album making magic. Um, but it's yeah. really hard for the voices to match the score perfectly in this show. So there were parts of those highlights that I thought were phenomenal sure. um, and very much looking forward to. There were also things where I was like, Oh, Okay, that's 
fine. It's not Let's bad. Let's hear it for the choice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not even the choice. It's just like it doesn't blend. You know, it's like it wasn't sitting mm-hmm. in the pocket properly. And I think that's a really underrated thing about this show for why it is so difficult to get right. Like I've seen yeah. a lot of productions of Legally Blonde. I've loved all of them because they are Legally Blonde. But the ones that stand out are the ones that just nestle right into that score in ways that uh, is very difficult for voices. So we will see. Um, I've got high hopes. Uh, I'm going to love it either way because it's Legally Blonde on a gigantic stage out there sure. in front of 11,000 yeah. people with people that I love. Um, but it'll be interesting. As long as you get to see it, knock on wood. Yeah, I'm knocking on my bald head right now. There so. you go. <laughs> Anyway, all right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Thursday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Bye.